And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. Doc, how are you, Bubby? I'm good. I gotta say, I, I feel like you you start this show singing more often than not these days. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Well, we're not a show that has a like traditional open. It's not like what are you talking welcome about? to another fantastic episode of the DDT podcast, wrestling podcast, wrestling podcast. I mean, we do have that nifty theme song. Well, yes, we have that, but. We don't have like a, you know, a, a set patter at the beginning of the show. We save that for the end of the show. And last week we switched places with that and it really freaked some people out. Freaked but, me um, out. But, you know, I always think I should have, you know, something good. It's not like we're some of those shows that like record, start recording in the middle of a conversation. So it's, you know, it's this authentic thing. It's just we, you do the countdown, we clap and then. Usually I'm the one who's supposed to say something, and I guess what I'm trying to say is when placed in an awkward situation, I will break into song. Hmm. But anyways. <laughs> um, I'm quite the conversationalist, in case you couldn't tell. You you are. You are indeed. I, I think we're both just, I don't know about you. Maybe you've had some time off now that the semester's over, although I imagine not. I imagine you're still... I don't know. I don't know your schedule. You might decide, hey, I'm taking three days off just for fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could, but I haven't. No, well, you've got all those labs to run. I now know what they look like. I've seen the dishwashers and we've got seen the summer sessions starting in about a week. I've got lab manuals that I have to get out to the publisher around the same time. I've got lots of online uh, educational resources that I have to get in a row before classes start. So this is actually a very busy uh, time of the year. It's even though the semester has ended until now summer session begins, it's pretty much just a race uh, to get everything done. Once summer session actually begins, it's actually somewhat less busy, uh, oddly oh, enough. Right. No, I guess that makes sense, because once the labs are happening, the prep work is at least in the hands of the people running the labs. Right. It's no more longer. in the hands of my services team than it is myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> three weeks from today is the final day of school. Three weeks from tomorrow is the last day I need to be there. And it feels like each day is a month. The kids are a little zooey. We're all, you know, tapped out. I just think it's so. amazing how much. It's not just you, but teachers in general, just how, how, like, I don't know what the right term is, but like, just how horned in you guys are on that, <laughs> that summer schedule. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's really not just you. Like, it, no, it's, it's just, it's funny because as a kid, I can remember being so excited for, for school to be out. I mean, even, even, even up and through college, right? You really look forward to that summer break. But, like, that's just not part of what my job is now. Not really. I mean, like you said, no. it does get slower. I could take time off. But I don't just get time off. I'd have to actually 
take vacation time. I have to put in yeah. for it, you know? <clears throat> but but if if let's say in a week when summer session started, your boss came in from whatever building he's in and was like, Doc, I want you to go home and come back in the middle of August. And you knew that was gonna happen every single year, you'd be like if I just get through the next two weeks, like, you know, like my building, well, that's not true. There's summer school, but right. Essentially, so, but my see, building instead, what I do is if I could just make it through the next 30 years of my life so I can retire. See, see that's, I think, what the rest of us do In, instead of having this yearly thing. It's literally just, well, this is my next 30 years. Hooray. Do you think you're going to make it 30 years? Not in the lifespan. I don't want to hear you talking about how you're going to die at 42 or whatever age you think it is. I'm more like, could you, can you, are you already starting to think what's my next career going to be? Cause I've read things that say, you know, you go through two or three careers in a year or in a lifetime, not a year. That'd be weird. Until um, we get that billionaire benefactor on the podcast side of things. I'm pretty sure this is it. No, because you could go do science doctoral stuff elsewhere. You don't have to do this job for the next 30 years. No, no, I think I do. Okay. Do we want to unpack that even more, or do you just want to leave it at that? Like, you're, you feel like you're stuck here until 2050. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a good talk. Yeah, there's nothing I really want to unpack there, but I, I don't see a lot of other options. So, Wouldn't you rather be the 24-7 champion? No. No, I wouldn't. Being chased by EC3, who runs in a hilariously odd manner. He runs like his legs have not touched each other in like a decade. Are you body shaming him? No. I'm just saying. I think I'm guessing it was a I don't think that's how he actually runs. I think that's how he runs when he's supposed to be at the tail end of a group of wrestlers chasing our truth around. Could so be. I think he was kind of just Are you talking about something that happened on SmackDown? No, that happened on Raw. Ah. So let's 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 go back cuz we are apparently as of last week we've become a wrestling podcast again. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's a great idea, really. <laughs> did you watch Money in the Bank? Uh, I did not, no. Did you watch Raw or SmackDown? Nope, uh, I did not. Do you feel like you missed anything having not watched any of those? things? Not really. And we should probably unpack that statement, because the 24-7 title does seem like something that... I should feel like I've missed. I mean, we've been clamoring for the days of brawls and supermarkets for at least 20 years now. So it, it does seem like something that should pique my interest. But uh, I, I don't know. It even had Mick Foley in it. Yeah, Mick Foley also... After his last run, no, so after, what was the name of that reality show? Holy Foley. Holy Foley. 
right around that time. And then, you know, leading into his stint as the general manager and whatever general manager. No, he was commissioner. I don't know. Whatever that him kissing Stephanie's butt for a year and a half, whatever that was. Um, don't get me wrong. I like McFoley, but I no longer feel any sort of excitement when I hear he's going to be on television. Are you saying right around the time we met him because we went to his show? I mean, That's I had met him time. before that, but but yeah, I guess around that time also. I don't know. I just again, there, there's he's he's you talk about people rooting their legacies by continuing to show up. And I I don't know. I, I do sort of feel like with Foley, that is sort of the case because he can't be physical. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, although he said he has a price, you pay him enough money like he would have another match with The Undertaker if the price was right. If you, you want know, me to go to the Saudi crown- Arabia. If the crown prince of Saudi Arabia offered him, you know, $5 million to lace up the boots, he would do it one more time. I'd like to think Here's that he my... wouldn't, actually. I would think like less think of him that. if he did. I'd like to think that. Especially because Mick Foley, as a person, has always seemed incredibly reasonable. You know what I mean? He, he has advocated for a number of good causes over the years. I can't imagine him putting all that stuff aside just for a paycheck, but maybe I could be wrong about Mrs. Foley's baby on, boy. My thoughts on it is he's had enough of a career once he stopped really wrestling, at least not full-time. Like, when he became Commissioner Foley, you knew, all right, you're you're winding it down. You'll come back for that match with Edge. You'll come back for, you know, maybe one more match against... Do you not remember Edge versus Foley, Mania 24, 25? Well, that was way before the run I'm talking about. I know that. I know that. But I'm saying. And then after that, yeah, he went to TNA and all of that stuff. <clears throat> but to me, I feel like I, you ha- he had his career as a wrestler, and then he had his career as an author and a personality. And so this is just that part. I still hold him in high esteem as a wrestler, but I also knew... You're coming out to unveil a new title. You're going to have to cut a promo. I'm not sure I want to hear that. And then when he admitted the day after that he feels like he totally screwed it up and didn't do a very good job, I, <clears throat> when I watched the Hulu version, I skipped over that part. I like the 24-7 title. I think it's the perfect thing to have in an age of YouTube and social media and all of that because... You know, this title can change hands five times between SmackDown and Raw, and it just needs to be aired on TV or aired on the Internet. But. And, you know, our truth called it the European title. That was hilarious. I will give you that. So. You know, he he tries to save Robert Roode and you open the passenger door and there's just a referee sitting in the car. So. It's it's definitely a good opportunity for some comedy, but I think my problem now, and okay, so I sound like the internet, right? Because every single good thing that comes up, suddenly I've got a problem. I get it. I'm just a whiner. I sound like Twitter, the toxic Twitter community at large. But, you know, 
I the thing I think that doesn't excite me about it is they've immediately made it clear that this is not the hardcore title. And in fact, this is so far been nothing but a comedy title, right? And the problem I have with that is comedy acts in the WWE these last five to ten years, with very few exceptions, although there are some exceptions, don't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Forgive me, where did the hardcore title go? Like... The hardcore At title least that was a legitimate title where it felt like people were. Well, actually, no, I can't comment on that. In my in my mind, it seemed like a legitimate title that was, you know, actually competed for and weapons were involved. And so it was actual, you know. Real wrestling violence from an, an era where that type of action was common, you know, the attitude era. Yeah. But yeah. Again, I can't really comment on what it felt like at the time because I wasn't watching at the time. I have to remember that it started as a legit belt defended in matches that started in the ring. Like, it did not always have the 24-7 thing. I think it was Crash Holly who was the first person who was like, I will defend this anytime, place." And then it became ridiculous where Molly Holly's winning it backstage and she gets hit with half a door and then Christian wins it, and which was great. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the, the anarchy that that belt provided. And I understand that in this age uh, of PC and you're getting this big Fox deal, you can't have a match where people are hitting each other with canes and throwing each other off of tables and all of that sort of stuff. That's probably not going to be something that's really mentioned, although we just had money in the bank. So I suppose I can't say that for sure because we just had two matches where ladders played a big role. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think it just sort of goes back to the fact that at this point in time, I don't feel I mean, OK, so. Well, up until WrestleMania, certainly, I felt like none of the titles really meant anything in the mm-hmm. WWE, with the possible exception of the women's title. Um, but they've just done such a bad job around titles for such a long time now. I, I don't know, like introducing a new belt. Again, it just it doesn't inspire any sort of confidence in me. It doesn't make it into something I I feel like I need to see. I just sort of feel like it's another wet fart of an attempt for them to get eyes on television. At this point, I, I get the impression that maybe they finally do care about how low the ratings are. I know for a long time, our mantra was the ratings don't matter. It seems like at this point, maybe they've reached a level where it's beginning to matter. And I don't know, it just strikes me as the next, you know, just like the wild card rule. It just strikes me as the next in a string of these are things that we're trying to do to fix the problems without actually addressing the actual problems that we have. Okay. Does that make me a negative Nancy? No. You know, I... A negative man, if you will? No. I I think you're making making a valid reasoned argument about it. You're not just being like, this is terrible. Well, you did call it a wet fart, so I suppose... That that was was for entertainment purposes. I I had to 
you know. Well, I mean, see, and that's it. You're being negative in a way that's entertaining. The people on Twitter, there's no entertainment to be found in this stinks, this stinks. Oh, Brock won money in the bank, so the <laughs> show automatically gets an F. Now, I will say, um, Brock winning money in the bank seemed like, yes, an absolutely terrible thing. But then for him to show up on Raw and be Boom Brock's Lesnar, <laughs> like that meme has already caused so much joy to me personally that I forgive <laughs> all Brock Lesnar related transgressions for the last 10 years and at least the next five. <laughs> it was worth it to get that animated gif. Here's the thing. Brock is the same way as Orton, and there's others like that. Del Rio was another one, now that I'm watching some of his old stuff. When he cares, he's fantastic. He comes to Money in the Bank. Now, I already knew it was happening. I had gone to bed before the main event, so I knew what was coming when I watched it. But he came out, he looked in great shape, he... What are you eating? What is that? Steak? Yeah. Okay. Um, he comes out, he's on TV for like two minutes, he wins the briefcase, but he's sitting up there on the ladder, and he's beaming. And it's legit joy. Like, this is not somebody pretending to be happy. We've seen Brock pretend to be happy. And then he comes out, and he tries to moonwalk. And it's just him walking backwards he doesn't even try to slide his feet he's just like yeah (laughs) and i'm like you care whatever the reason is maybe it's the money maybe it's the fact you had a month or so off maybe it's the fact that this is something new i think honestly i think he likes being a heel and he knew people freaking hated it he just wanted people to shine on and that's perfectly fine for a heel to do but you know, and again, this is a perfect gimmick for him. We don't need to see you every week with the briefcase. Just show up every so often, pretend to cash in, then be like, nah, and walk away, and then come back two weeks later or six weeks later and do it again. You know what I think would be great? If he were to win the universal title at Crown Jewel from Seth Rollins and then also cash in on Kofi. And become two belts Brock or Brocky two belts or whatever you want to call them. I do think you mentioned the 24-7 title and the, the, the sheer number of championships. You mentioned the wild card rule. I firmly believe we are slowly just eventually the brand split's not going to matter. The wild card rule already. Kofi's wrestling on Raw. People are showing up on SmackDown. I do think we're heading to a point where... Those two titles are going to become one. You'll have a men's title. You'll have a women's title. You'll have a mid-card title. You'll have the 24-7 title. You'll have a tag, tag belts again. Do you remember who the Raw Tag Team Champions are? The Usos. No. <laughs> um, the Bar. Hawkins and, Hawkins and Ryder. They're not even a tag team anymore. Um, so I do think we're heading that way, in which case this belt is fine. And I don't have a problem. The belt design... A little uninspired. It's a little I, bad, isn't it? It's a little it bad. Is, but but I, we have belts where the tag team titles are pennies and nickels. The U.S. title is essentially just a flag. All the other titles are just variations on a theme. 
the the men's titles and the women's titles are pretty much just the same thing in various color schemes. So I don't care. Like yeah. honestly, it's it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It looks like something like a kid made for his mom for Mother's Day. You're my favorite mom, twenty four seven. But I, you know, I could easily see somebody by you know getting it and sprucing it up, and they add this. Everyone will add their little bit of flair, and then it'll be beautiful. Yes. As soon as Charlotte so. wins that belt, it'll have all the flair it needs. I really expected Carmella to win it on SmackDown. I didn't think our truth would hold it, but he's just so good. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think I, if I to arm to armchair quarterback this thing, I, I think I wish it had just been a TV title that was going to be defended like every single show. The WWE Network title was what I wanted. Yeah, this can show up on any brand. You know, uh, Cesaro wins it and he can go to NXT UK and he can wrestle. I am just I am just I am just concerned about the inherent comedy that this 24 seven rule requires. And again, I I just don't have faith that the comedy will amount to anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you haven't seen anyone reasonable try to get that title yet. Somebody mentioned that. I think it was on NAI pod. Somebody mentioned that that um, Robert Rude, I think, was running and he runs past Lashley and Drew McIntyre who just ignore him. Yes. That is a problem. Yes. That is a problem. Now, granted. I don't need this to be another title that Roman hey guys, raises. we're all so desperate for any sort of attention or TV time. And this is the only way that we can get it. Unless I again, I'm Drew McIntyre. Oh, I'm above that bullshit. Like, that's not a good message. No, but. It was entertaining, which is really when it comes down to it, what I want. And I'll give it time. Cesaro wins that title. I bet it changes. Yeah. Cesaro wins that title. And he's just, I I thought this about Braun Strowman. Sit backstage in a chair, drape the title on the floor and be like, come and get it. It's right here. Come and get it. Bring all your friends. Come and get it. I would like to see that. Um, Let's see. Money in the bank. Brock is money in the bank. Bailey was Miss Money in the Bank. Now she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. I liked it. It was a great moment. I enjoyed watching it. I am always sad when you cash in on that show because now that storyline's over for a year. That's yes, a it is. built-in storyline. Somebody could have had... Alexa Bliss did the same thing, right? I feel like lately, I don't have the research done, but I feel like lately... That happens more often than not. I mean, that just, but there's only been, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like there's only been three women's Money in the Bank holders and two of them cashed in the night of. So we've almost never actually seen a story around the women's briefcase. Let me look here. Because the first uh, one was Carmella, and the story around that was a freaking travesty. Was that Carmella? I yeah. know that was Carmella. I just assumed that was. Uh, let's see, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, so Alexa Bliss cashed in last year. Carmella didn't cash in last two years ago. So two out of three years. Yeah, and again, the That's one year that. they did it, it was James Ellsworth won it, 
and then they had to redo it. And, you yeah. know, and it was bad. It was real bad. So I just I don't know. I, I do. I actually feel additionally robbed, even though, again, it was a good moment. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see a storyline with the women with that briefcase. I could see somebody in WWE. I could see somebody in WWE thinking we can't have two briefcases. Like, yeah, but one of them's on Brock Lesnar, who's not going to be on television anyway. I I do understand that. I do understand that. But I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine what the decision making process was. And granted, it was a perfect moment for it. She, you know, Becky has to wrestle two matches. She beats one. She loses to the other one. Bailey comes out to help and also happens to cash in. The story was great. I was I really, really into thought it. I, that because, you know, they had just laid out Becky. I was dying for her to cash in Becky. on Becky on Becky. That would have been great. It would have been so good. It would have been an instant heel turn for Bailey, which is why they didn't I'm do it. But I'm so ready for that, though. <clears throat> I no, keep they, saying they will never Braddy, Braddy Bailey. Yeah. There's so much to have for Braddy Bailey coming out of this hug and getting into those emo teenage years where her hair is just long and straight. She doesn't put it up anymore. She's got like black eyeliner on. You know, people are talking to her and she's just checking her phone, whatever. Like, there's so much yeah, to just I'm ready for it. rebellious teenager. Um, I'm trying to say, I should have looked it up. Uh, we have an Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross partnership that I'm really enjoying. Okay. Nikki Cross is no longer a crazy. She, she's now like talking and she's very shy and timid and she seems to be. Alexa Bliss gave her the spot in Money in the Bank, so now she's just following Alexa Bliss around, which leads to some comedy moments where, like, Alexa is hosting a moment of Bliss, and she sips her coffee, and Nikki's standing right here, and she turns and jumps, and she's like, no, don't stand here, stand somewhere else. So she, of course, comes and stands over here, and she does the same thing, so. That sounds good. I like Nikki Cross, and anything to get her on television is all right by me. Yeah. Um, Cruiserweights wrestle. Nobody Seth cares. Versus AJ Styles was very good. Kofi versus Owens was very good. Samoa Joe is just bleeds. He just bleeds all the time. Oh, I saw a cool gif of him looking him bewildered. Yeah, blood coming out, but like uh, from his eye. But then yeah. also a dribble just comes out of his nose yeah. into his mouth. I think he. I don't know that we saw him on. He may have broken it. Because the match and the match ended and it was clearly an audible. It was clearly a because his shoulder wasn't on the mat. Like I, his shoulder was. I love. I don't love the fact that Samoa Joe keeps getting busted open the hard way. But, but he you just love the seems look of him bleeding. like such a legitimate badass when he bleeds. I don't. You would yeah. think that you would feel like he's not badass because he's bleeding and they have to stop matches. No. But no. my God, he just looks like he could myrtleize you. <laughs> Um, that's the main things going on. I haven't seen NXT UK. I'm pretty sure Tyler Breeze is wrestling for the North American title at the takeover in Bridgeport. Oh, hey, you know what I found out? What? Ty Dillinger doesn't work for the WWE anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That's a true. That's a true statement, Doc. That's just, a true statement. I mean, maybe I knew that at one time, but when I saw when I saw that they had that promotion or whatever, and he's going to show up on uh, AEW, I was like, "Wait a <laughs> that minute!" Promotion. 
You mean this the spot, the promo, the vignette sort of thing. That's a promo. I thought you meant you couldn't I know. I thought you couldn't remember AEW's name. So you were like, that promotion. He's gonna oh, show up for that, that promotion for that event thing. Whatever you know, that's the called. Thing. The double the your double, luck. Yeah. Double your pleasure, double your fun. Double mint gum. It's the double mint gum percent. Oh man, do you remember the double mint twins? Yes. Were you hoping for some twin magic duck? That's that, that can't be realistic. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of which, yes. Speaking of which, um, did we talk about the Neville stuff that went with that? Did that happen no. after our show last week? We have not talked about that. So, Double or Nothing is this weekend in two days. Forty nine ninety nine gets you the show, and hey, oh, one of the f- quickly, Mitchell. I apologize. You were correct. It is forty nine ninety nine. That is all. Um, and you know it was supposed to be Pac, aka Neville, versus Hangman Page, I believe, for the AEW title. And now that match, no, 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 wasn't for the title. It was not for the title. I thought it was for the title. No, it was just a uh, just a match. That's all. Oh. Well, either way, it's not happening because, and you know what? I, I don't fault Neville for this. He is the Dragon Gate champion. He wants that belt and that promotion to look good, and so he has promised them that he will not lose until he loses that title, at least not clean. He will not lose clean yeah. until he loses that title. So that presented a challenge because obviously they wanted Hangman Page. to. Maybe that was it. Maybe they're clearly going to put, they were going to push Page to be the first AEW. No, I don't so, know why I thought it was a title match. What it actually sounds like what the issue was was not an issue with this show. Um from everything I've heard from various sources is it sounds like they wanted Pac to win that match. That wasn't the issue. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to um build up their promotion where uh at the big shows you can bet on clear finishes to matches and they want win loss records to mean something. And so they were actually, from what I hear anyways, it was intended that Pac was going to win that match, but that was then going to set him up for a match with Kenny Omega. And they wanted Omega to win that match. So then he could go on to challenge for the title. So they were looking down the road and realized that Pac would not be able to lose that match. And so everybody came to an agreement that they could not go forward with this plan uh, at double or nothing. So in fairness, uh, I know a lot of people are going out there talking about Pac doing, taking his ball and going home again and not doing business correctly. It sounds like actually everybody's cards were on the table here and they did what was best for everybody's business. It seems like every, everything happened very reasonably here. And maybe this is one of the issues. This show is happening in two days. Now, maybe it's just because I live in a very WWE-focused world, but, like, there's, you know, there's a lot of information, like, I was not under that impression. You would think somebody would go out there and be like, let's set this straight. Let me set you straight. Let me explain what happened so that way you don't... Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but I'm actually sort of happy that they didn't because it, it says that they're interested in some semblance of kayfabe. You know what I mean? They gave this match away at another event without being putting it on pay-per-view just so they could say, look, this match still got out there um, and they didn't have to address it. Yeah. 
I am very happy this is this is a thing. I am very happy there's going to be other wrestling and alternative. I wish them nothing but extreme success. I hope this is a huge hit. I want this to work. So far, I love the way that they are handling and presenting themselves as a company. I just wish I could watch their shows at an affordable price. Yeah. You know, I the fact that they want wins and losses to matter, I love that. Um the fact that they want clear finishes, it's it I I get the irony that the son of Dusty Rhodes, creator of some of the most weird non-finishes we've ever the, seen to the point the creator of the Dusty Yes, finish. <laughs> it's named after his dad. Uh-huh. It's like, no, we want clean finishes. And, you know, but part of me is like, you don't want every match to end in disqualification, but it's okay not to have every match have a clean finish. You need sometimes those sort of weird finishes in order to continue the story. And on fairness, I don't think they're coming down hard. I think that they're saying, especially as this is their first paid show since becoming AEW, they want to start off on the right foot. That's fair. So, yeah, you know, I like I said, it's, it's you know, people are starting to not even put AEW in their tweets because they're just getting attacked by people who are defending the promotion. I want them to succeed. I like Christopher Daniels. He's going to be in there. Jericho Omega is going to be good. Cody versus Dustin's going to be good. Can we can we I, talk about the WWE editing Chris Jericho out of up up down down after signing with AEW? They took him out of the then now forever like literally like that. And I, you know, but up up down down. Yes, I really. And then he, you know, and he tweeted out something he tweeted out something about um you know, how they went with Brock for the, you know, money in the bank briefcase. And this is how you build a company, you know, focusing on the youth. Go, Brock, go. And then people are like, dude, you're wrestling Okada for the new Japan title. Like, you are the old guy wrestling for a championship and you're calling it. I just think the whole thing's funny. I'm like, look, obviously, Chris Jericho will be back. I can't imagine unless AEW takes off and becomes, you know, the one thing I will say, when Chris Jericho first came back to WWE, you know, with the hair short and the rhinestone jacket, I got the impression that the WWE never believed that he was as big of a star as he is. You know what I mean? Um, I, I always get the impression that they bring him back, but I don't feel like anybody back there is actually truly impressed with Chris Jericho and I think that's a mistake because I think he is as good as we think he is. We had him very highly ranked. Didn't we have him in the top tier of the list? I believe he was list? neck and neck for the top uh, slot. With Taker, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, he's always, you know, yes, he was the first undisputed champion. Yes, he beat The Rock and Steve Austin in the same night or whatever that was. But I think they they feel like he was never the guy. He was a guy, but I don't think they ever feel like he was the guy. Yeah. And so it's funny because he's sort of like Bret Hart, except incredibly charismatic. You know what I mean? Solid wrestler, solid talker. 
Maybe he didn't draw. I don't know, but it sure seemed like he did. We should definitely watch the pre-show, though, for this. I think that's going to be on I believe YouTube. you mean the kickoff show? Whatever. Um, because it's going to have Luchasaurus. Oh, you're talking about AEW. Maybe that is a pre-show. Yeah. It's, it's called Buy-In, which is clever. Which is a clever name for a show in Vegas called Double or Nothing, the Buy-In. Um, but it's going to have All Luchasaurus. In, buy-In, Double or Nothing. Got it. Yes. There's a theme it's here. Gonna be, yeah. It's going to have Luchasaurus. Anti Dillinger. And Glacier. And Billy Gunn in this battle royal. And so apparently whoever wins this battle royal. Is it a four person battle royal? It, no, it's a 21 person battle royal. Damn it. Because again, we're going with the gambling. I was hoping it was just the people you said. That would be amazing. Yes. No, we're going with the gambling team. So it's 21. Um, but yeah, somebody, some, whoever wins will face uh, either Jericho or Omega in a AEW World Championship match. So let's go Jericho, Billy Gunn. Let's go Jericho, Billy Gunn. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I hope this show is fantastic. I really do. I want it to be great. I wish it was in a price point that I could justify. Um, but let's see. For all we know, a ton of people will do it. And suddenly there's a market for people spending $50 to get a pay-per-view. I sincerely hope that... They enough people don't buy it that they rethink their business strategy. Well, yes, obviously that would be nice. But um, the only other thing I wanted to make sure we covered before we get to the emails, the emails, what, what the emails is uh, today. We always tend to record on these auspicious days. Um, today is the 20th anniversary of the death of Owen Hart. You know, it feels crazy that. 1999, the last year of the 90s, depending on how you view decades and things. Um, well, I guess that's not true. <laughs> no, no, it has to be. Because um, some people say the millennium was 2000. Some people say the millennium's 2001. You know, that whole thing. So I, I guess it was the last day of the 90s, the last year of the 90s decade. We'll, we'll edit this out. It's fine. Um, oh, we're leaving this in. <laughs> uh, was 20 years ago. The 90s were 20 years ago, Doc. Huh. That must make it like 2019 or something. It's something. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, you weren't watching in 99. Not really, no. Do you remember this moment even like registering to you? Because again, I don't even know that you watched any of Owen Hart. Maybe when he was the Blue Blazer at WrestleMania 5 against Mr. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I but. saw a little bit of Owen Hart here and there. I don't know why, but I definitely did see him. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't believe I got this pay-per-view. I was at the point at that time where I would get the big pay-per-views, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, the Rumble. I would get the big four, and maybe one in between, but... Otherwise, I would just watch Raw the next night. And but I do remember, like, hearing about it. I don't know if I was it was online back in those early days, or somebody called me or something. But it was weird. That whole thing was wicked surreal because you know we're sixteen at the time, and I'm like, what do you mean he like fell and actually died? Like that's not how this works. Like people don't die <laughs> during a wrestling <laughs> show. So. Was this your first mark- experience with death? No. Okay. But but this was the first time, I think, that 
I knew at that point, at 16 years old, you know that this is predetermined. You know that they're telling a story. But this was one of the first times that I remember. This was, this was, I believe, the very first time they did the next night on Raw, one of those packages where everyone's out of kayfabe, out of character, talking about Owen. And Mark Henry's crying and Jeff Jarrett's crying. And all of these people are talking about him and all the, you know, how funny he was and all the jokes he would play backstage. It might have been the first time I ever heard the word rib used in a wrestling sense. Um, so it did kind of expand your worldview in that, okay, like, this is a little more behind the scenes what's going on in this company sort of thing. So it, it was crazy. So I wanted to mention it. Owen Hart was wonderful. Met him at WrestleMania 11. I've told that story before. Um, you know. Just wanted to, just wanted to mention it. Uh, we'll mention our emails. We've got six of them. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You apologized to the man earlier, so let's read Mitchell's email. Continuation. Let me know. Am I reading this because it's long? You both had such a compelling discussion about online education this week that I figured I would continue that into a part two. Before we read this email, did you know that we had talked about online education last week? Kind of. Yeah. I kind of remember that. In regards to your thoughts, I agree on most of them. Online education has its advantages, but it also has its shortcomings. The part I thought would be interesting to continue on is what my online classes for education will look like. While my seminary classes were good, you all were right in pointing out that it can tempt someone to not hold themselves as well to due dates. These new classes, however, will be live at a mandatory scheduled time, with chat going on between the students and the teacher. I'll also have required observation hours in many of these classes, as well as student teaching for the program in general, so no worries there. What do you mean observation hours? I guess in a classroom. You're not being observed while you're sitting in the class, right? That would be. No, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he means he's got to go to a classroom and watch a classroom. Happen. Yeah, that's what you do when you start teaching. Is yeah, you're just um, like a fly. I'm also. Wall. I am familiar with the the scheduled live meetings, and sometimes like sometimes they're not um, scheduled. Any like you can't just watch them on your computer at home. Like you have to show up to um, you know a lecture hall, and it's screened on the screen there. I've seen classes like that. I, I don't know really which scenario he's describing, but I'm guessing it's he has to be, you know, if if classes Tuesdays at 11 a.m., he has to be at his computer Tuesdays at 11 a.m. signed into class. Yeah, to go. maybe all in all, it can't completely replicate the in-class experience. But I do think that University of the Cumberlands is an example of an institution doing online education the right way. And I'm grateful to have the option because I don't know how I would do it otherwise. As usual, I tried to come up with a clever question to tie into the topic, but I'm drawing a blank since you were so thorough on the subject last week. Why, thank you. So I'll ask something random. What's your favorite way to prepare a burger? Any non-traditional spins you take on it to try to keep things fresh? I always try to make an awesome burger for Memorial Day, so it's still somewhat topical. I'm all about smash burgers myself, the diner style where it's thin, crispy, and greasy. Well, there is a... Isn't there a chain called Smash Burger? There is. Yes. I've been there once. Me too. Wasn't impressed. What's, what, what's your uh what's your tradition what's your go-to burger plan there, Doc? You 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 tend to be a grill man. 
You're a I man mean, of the grill. My go-to is just grill some meat and eat it. But uh, if I want to get fancy, I might take the meat. I might mix in some garlic powder, onion powder, um, a little bit of... Uh, it depends on what I have on hand. Like, if I've got minced garlic, I'll use that instead of the powder. If I've got, like, jalapenos, I might mince those up nice and mix that into the meat as well. Um, you know, and if I'm going to, again, if I'm going to get crazy, I'll lay out a real thin burger patty. I'll, uh, put down some cheese, layer of cheese. I'll put down another layer of burger and then I'll seal that up all around the edges. And you put that and you cook it through and you end up with that nice gooey cheesy center, which is delicious. And, um, so yeah, if I'm going to go crazy, maybe I do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very similar. I don't, we have a grill, but I don't often use it. I tend to cook my uh, hamburger patties in a, you know, pan. Some people say that's not how you're supposed to do it. I don't care. Um, Please, you can I've cook been... a burger a thousand ways. Um, you know, some places are famous for steaming cheeseburgers, which is crazy, right? But I bet you it's still good. I watched a video the other day on somebody who fried chicken in the microwave. Seems to me like a, a way to die. Yeah, seems like it. Um, but you know, I so yeah, I'll do that. I'll put some cheese on it. Sometimes we're we tend to be fairly plain here. Um, one thing that I've done recently that I'm a fan of, but my wife is not, is I will take some thinly sliced onions mm. and I will caramelize those, and then I will put the patty down on the onions, and then put like another pan on top of it just to kind of get some compression so that the onions and the burger meat kind of meld together. And then, so the the downside of that is you only actually crisp up one side of the burger because the other side is the onions, but it is quite tasty. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely minced up onions and mixed it into the meat and done it that yes. way. That's also yeah. quite good. It doesn't get car- 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 caramelized the same way. Um, but you could caramelize them first, I suppose, and then mix them in. Another step. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, mix things in with your meat. If you find that you've added stuff in and it's too dry, you can add a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. Or if you want something less salty and less flavorful, you can just use uh, egg white. Um, that will help it maintain its tackiness so it doesn't break apart on the grill. Um Sometimes breadcrumbs, even if, if just that's all you got, like those seasoned breadcrumbs, you can throw those in there, mix them in. That adds a nice little bit of kick, a little different. You Which know? is essentially, you know, what you're describing yeah. is a meatloaf recipe. More or less. Breadcrumbs, egg, onions, you know, and then you just, rather than making a meatloaf, you just make burgers out of it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Our, uh, our next email comes from Danielle. Does it have a subject? I didn't look. It says recaps and 19 tornadoes. Yes, I think you, you were out that way. Uh, hey, guys, I did not email. I did not send an email a second time last week as I checked my sent email just now, and it seems it did get sent twice. Not sure what happened, but it is interesting. I also forgot to email last week to write in about funerals because my grandmother, who drove from Texas to Oklahoma, was actually about to go attend her friend's funeral the day the podcast went out. On the subject of online classes, I found y'all's discussion from last week relevant. I am taking an online course for LIS, Library Information Science, that'll wrap up June 6th. We post two responses a day, 
along with two to three quizzes per week, among other homework lists. Since being in this online class, I've set up for a consistent one to two hour periods in the morning for writing and note taking, then an hour after work for the next day's chapter. It's easy to fall behind in classwork, as this is a four week course. All of this has just made me really glad I don't ever have to go back to school. Like, I, I go to school, but not as a student. Hey, I'm glad I have a terminal degree. This weekend, I'm getting to travel to Texas to go to my sister's high school graduation and then return home the next week. I'll get to have all of next week off since public schools are out on Friday. Yay. That is exciting. It's weird how different parts of the country get out at different times. Mm. On Monday, all of Oklahoma was in a PDS, particularly dangerous situation, and we had 19 tornadoes go through parts of Oklahoma. No schools were in session on Monday, so no kids were hurt. For the summer, my after-school daycare center becomes a full-day center, and I'm one of the few 8-5 to five teachers and will either be in charge of 3rd to 4th graders or the same kindergarten class I've worked with. I'll have training for Summer Scope tomorrow, and I'll know more about this in time for next week's email. I also was certified this morning in first aid and CPR, a certification that'll last me two years. Question number one, any advice for working with third and fourth graders? Don't. <laughs> um, third and fourth graders do understand sarcasm uh, for the most part, um, but they also are just, they are just starting to figure out how to have an attitude and they like to test it. So my advice is, this sounds bad, but the first time someone tries to give you attitude, you drop the hammer on them. And you just are like, this is what happens when you try to cross the boss, is I will end you. <clears throat> but that kind of works for me, because I'm a bear, and that <laughs> terrifies people. Might not work for you. <clears throat> Number two, have you ever had to give someone CPR or first aid? I mean, I've handed someone a Band-Aid, if that counts. I was going to say, uh, I have not ever had to give anyone CPR, but I have had to treat various classroom wounds, like paper cuts, and when I you fell say down on treat, the top. What do you do? It depends on the situation. A lot of times it is, just hand someone a Band-Aid, but, you know... You fall on the blacktop and skin your knee. You've got to put the gloves on. You've got to, you know, clean it off with a uh, antibacterial wipe or whatever. You can. Do you do that, or do you send them to a nurse? It depends on the thing. It depends on it. If it's a mild thing, then they can get to the nurse without trailing blood everywhere. Then I will send them. There have been one or two times where I've had to do it myself, which is a problem because the gloves that are in the first aid <laughs> kit don't fit. Yeah. So I'm essentially trying to do it with like three fingers, which is as much as I can get into the glove. And so I've had to ask, you know, could you please just get some like extra large gloves for those of us who can't fit into the regular ones? And then they're like, well, those are really expensive. And I'm like, yes, but if I tear through the glove, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, uh, it's it's rare that it's that bad, because if it's really bad, then you call the nurse and they come out. Yeah, we are instructed to not administer first aid. We can give a Band-Aid or, or something like that, but the person should apply it themselves, uh, the safety for bloodborne pathogens and the like, sure. you know. Well, so. a slightly different seven-year-old than a... Yeah, yeah. What's the worst injury you've ever seen in a lab setting? 
depends on your definition of worst, I suppose. Um, I saw a girl get a severe chemical burn on her leg once. Nitric acid, six molar, burned through her jeans and into her leg. Um, so that sucked. Um, and I guess I saw, I mean, I've seen somebody pass out and hit their head on the floor um potentially you know giving them a concussion i've seen people have seizures uh so you know a, mic a mishmash i haven't seen anybody like take off a thumb yet but you know only a matter of time <laughs> i've seen uh, someone question... get chemicals in their eyes that wasn't good either yeah, i figured i figured it was going to be chemical burns things yeah like that. yeah uh question three which natural disasters would you rather have to prepare for compared to others? Locusts? I, that a natural I would rather not have to prepare for any. Yeah. They're all bad. You know, we've dealt with hurricane stuff here. Not um, really, was, though. You know? Not, yes, not, you know, yeah. Florida sort of thing. But, like, I remember being a kid and my parents putting masking tape on a window, which is supposed to do something. Um, <laughs> Come on. What does it do? You, you must know what it does. You really don't know me at all, do you? Come on. <laughs> you have a plane of, gl of glass, and you're going to put adhesive tape on it. What might it do? Provide additional support to the window? Sure. Keep I mean, and more so if it does break, ideally it prevents it from shattering completely inwards and just showering the room in glass. That's all. Okay. See, that was close. Thanks, yeah. Google. There you go. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, Zombie uh, apocalypse I, I, is the one I'd like to prepare for because that one's just fun to think about. I'm surprised they haven't come up with some sort of you know i don't know some sort of simulation where i guess they've had they have the like zombie runs where you do a 5k and people dress as zombies and try to yeah i don't know i mean they've even they even got some places where you can go and it's like a paintball thing where you'll go in as part of a military team and everybody else is playing zombies like it's like a you buy tickets to it you know it's like a big event like uh hmm. like a haunt almost but you know different um yeah I don't know. I could see you getting into that. Hmm. A little too paramilitary for me. I, I'm just, I could see you coming up. Between your, the forensics thing I know you've done in high school and your interest in horror and zombies, I could see you coming up with something. Yeah. Uh, wrestling question. What music do you think Brock was jamming out to on Raw this week? That was a very popular thing. Everyone having, playing the GIF with different music. I'm going to assume it was the Mexican mariachi music that he also danced to when he wore Eddie Guerrero sombrero. Uh, the best, That's what I'm gonna go with. the best video I saw, uh, was definitely to Brodus Clay's, uh, somebody, somebody call your call mama. Mama. Yeah, that one was good. That was good. That's all I've got this week. Looking forward to listening to you guys on my drive down to Ch Texas. Cheers, Danielle. Glad everyone's safe. Enjoy your trip. Enjoy graduation. Uh, Chris Hawk. No subject. Our truth looked great. Dressed up as Carmella. Hashtag make DC uncomfortable. Sent for my iPhone. False, Chris Hawk. Uh, well, no. True. 
but false. Uh, he did look great. He looked quite fetching, as a matter of fact. I had no problem with that whatsoever. Something is happening, Doc, because Chris Koch has sent out like three or four tweets that I'm like either made a very valid point or came, like his tweets have really, I've really enjoyed them. And I don't know what that means for me. Like, what's happening when, you know, I'm agreeing with Chris Hawk? What sort of world is it? I guess uh, we'll see how this develops. Jeremy, for me, it was McDonald's. And yes, I still could. What was your first real job? And by real job, I mean your first job from which you drew a check and paid taxes. If you were suddenly dropped back into that same job tomorrow with no advanced warning and taking into account everything you've learned since about life, the universe and everything, could you perform your duties better, worse or about the same as you did way back when sent while neglecting my current job? Yeah, <clears throat> technically camp counselor. So, yes, I would be much better at it now because I've essentially been doing <clears throat> variations of that these last 13 years or so. Hmm. My first real job was working in a mom and pop restaurant. Um, I started off working like a cashier, taking orders. I eventually started making pizzas. I worked the fryer laters. I eventually worked my way up to just doing short order cook. And then I was at one point or another, the assistant uh, manager and doing orders and things like that. And yeah, that was basically back started back when I was like 16. Um, I did that for about six years. It was great. I had a great time. I loved it because you could go and just turn your brain off and do everything. And even with my brain turned off, I was still like a stellar employee. You know what I mean? Um, I really enjoyed it because it wasn't anything I had to think about. I could just go and do it. Once I knew what I had to do, it was just a matter of doing it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, just the hours went by really quick. And I don't know, I always enjoyed it. And I still look back fondly, uh, very fondly on that experience, actually. Um, so I don't, I don't think I could do it better because I did it really well back then. Um, you know, to be to be modest and humble. But uh, of course. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I do look back on it very fondly, though. If I had to pick my first non- that was a summer job. If I had to pick my first full-time job, it was Taco Bell. But you worked there for um, like a day. No, I worked there for six to nine months. Oh, okay. That's longer than um, I thought, actually. You know, but I, I think I would do worse because while I had very little patience for people before, it's so much worse now. So between the employees and the manager who thought he was all that in a bag of chips and the customers, I don't think I'd make a day. I will say, Unless you, you, are, let me... you are much less patient than you used to be. Yeah. 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 Although I did enjoy working the drive-thru. Yeah. Because that was, you, you know, the way it's set up, you have this little section that you're the only person that goes in there. You've got your own soda machine. You've got your own. You got the cash register. You can lean out the window and get some fresh air. You can chat up the people. I did like working the drive-thru. Okay, there you go. You could check out the camera. You know, they, you can look at the camera and see who's ordering, so you can figure out. All right, there's three people. They don't know what they want. I'll just give them time. You know, I I did like that. You didn't have to make the food. You just looked in, made sure it looked right, handed it out. 
I, I enjoyed the drive-through. So if you want to order, if you want to create a uh, your own new restaurant, I will work your drive-through if you have one. Fair enough. All right. Um, che, twenty four seven. Hey guys, you might have already discussed this by the time you get to emails, but now that the twenty four seven title is a thing, what are the best wrestle silly bugging segments you think we can get out of this? All the best, Che. Send for my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. Hmm. Well, Bo Dallas has already had a segment, even though he's not champion. Um, I want it to cross over into other shows. Like, I would like the 24-7 title to change hands on an episode of Ride Along. They stop somewhere. One of them's got the title. The other one, like a referee, just appears out of nowhere. The other one wins it. Then it's like 10 minutes of them in silence and him being like, I wanted that title. I'd love it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. It's one of those things, like, they made this big announcement. This could be a title that I could see gone by SummerSlam. Yeah, I agree. Like, I could easily see this being, you know, they're down, they're out somewhere on the coast, and somebody takes the belt and just flings it into the water and is like, there, no more 24-7. I'm done with it. I can't take the pressure and just walks away, and that's the last we hear of it. Yeah, I could see them Viking experiencing this thing very quickly. Yeah. So, which again... Maybe they're going to, and that's why they didn't put a lot of effort into the title, because why? Maybe. So. Maybe it's still that um, grand storyline that you think they're planning about the ineptitude of Vince McMahon, right? This is another example of him going off the deep end. I know there's been reports lately that, you know, Triple H is supposedly just completely frustrated backstage and coming to the end of his rope. And I can only say hearing those stories start to come out only lends credence to your theory that it's I'm, a work. I, I'm, I, there are certain things I'm like, oh, that would be cool if this happens. And there are certain things that I'm like, no, this is where we're headed. Like, I can see this, the, the trail, and that's where we're going with this. So I, do th- I wonder if that's where we're, we're off to. Um, Drake Maverick is doing a very nice job with this 24-7 thing. And then Finley posted a tweet over his shoulder, a picture of him holding one of the signs, where's our truth? It was like, if you've seen, and I'm like, if you bring Finley out to win and like Jamie Noble show, I'm shocked the hurricane hasn't already appeared. <laughs> like, that's what I want. Sure. You know? Our last email of the evening is from the bestest of the besties, Glenn. No beef, just cake. Hi guys, just been eating a slice of my favorite cake we call a Swiss roll. I think in the U.S. they are also called jelly rolls. And I was wondering what your top five cakes would be. Thanks, as always. Happy eating, Glenn. The U.K. is weird about cakes. And I say that purely from an American standpoint. Because I watched an episode of The Best Thing I Ever Ate. And that guy, Robert Irvine, who's married to Gail Kim, was talking about his favorite cake. And it's... If you had to break it down into a pie chart, <laughs> um, 85% of this... That's not funny. Pies aren't cake. 85% of the chart would be the cake, and then it would be 7.5% the jelly and 7.5% the frosting. And I'm like, Americans, it's 50% frosting, 30% filling, and then 20% cake. So uh, yeah. if I'm looking... 
I'm looking at these pictures of a jelly roll and some of them look good, but a lot of it, I'm like, that's a lot of cake for not a lot of filling. Now, jelly rolls are quite tasty, um, like a strawberry jelly roll. I, I, I would eat the hell out of that. Um, but I, I have to say, I, I am sort of, I don't know, I'm, I, I don't think I think about cakes this way. Like when you say what your top five cakes would be, I'm not sure I've ever thought about my favorite cake. It's more like, oh, there's a cake. Delicious. You know what I mean? Like I've never mm-hmm. thought about ranking cake before. Well, you know, it's interesting because then you got to get into cake what is cake is. Chocolate cake. <laughs> what kind of what kind of frosting? Chocolate I, or or marshmallow like buttercream. Buttercream. Sure. Uh huh. Cheese. Uh, cream cheese frosting. Sure. Powdered sugar. Yeah. All all valid choices. Put a ganache on there for all I care. Well, but but again, here now maybe it's this is why I look the way I look is I, I've given a lot of thought to this. Do you count muffins? Because a muffin is just cake. It's a- no, no, it's not. It's a savory cake. Cake is sweet. Muffins aren't. I mean, they can be, but not as sweet as a cake. Excuse me. The muffins I eat are sweet. Yeah, but okay. But if they really are sweet in the same way that a cake is sweet, they aren't muffins. They're cupcakes. It's not about the okay. form factor. It's, there is a difference between a muffin and a cake. So you've got your angel food cake, you've got your vanilla cake, you've got your chocolate cake. I submit Boston cream cake, or I don't know if they call it a Boston cream pie, but that's cake. It's It's a pie. It's got pudding. It's all pudding. No, I'm talking about the two. It's essentially a larger Boston cream donut. It's cake. Oh, is that like the yellow cake cake with the? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, I concede it's cake. So I would put that on my list. I like There's a, a big, coffee cake, but is again yeah. at that point is that a muffin now? Because there are there are definitely coffee cake muffins. I'm I'm confusing myself. Oh man, I was just talking about how muffins aren't cakes, and maybe they are. I'd like to point out that Glenn has now turned this into an episode of the list. Except I yeah I mean I guess <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just looking up types of and cake. again jelly, I would not I would not traditionally call a jelly roll or a Swiss roll a cake. I would call it a yeah. Swiss roll or a jelly roll. What about ice cream cake? Technically in cake form. I mean, I ice would, cream. That, would, that would count as my favorite cake, but I'm not sure it's a cake. Carrot cake? I like carrot cake. Red velvet? Here's the thing. I feel like, I feel like chocolate cake, vanilla cake, carrot cake, whatever. All those different flavors of cake are all the same type of cake. They're all the same cake. They're just different flavor of cake. You know what I mean? So, like, you can't ask me to rank those top five cakes because they're all the same cake. Like, you can, I can maybe rank the top five flavors of cake, but they're all just cake. You know what I mean? Am I making sense sure, or am I crazy? I'm pretty, no, you're, you make sense, but I am pretty sure the spirit of Glenn's email was flavors of cake. I don't think I don't, we well, need to break down the five. Well, because cake. he's talking about a Swiss roll, I think he actually is talking no, about a Swiss roll is a chocolate. A, a jelly roll is a, I would assume, a vanilla cake with jelly on the inside and maybe some frosting. Yeah, that's still a cake. Yeah, but it's a different form factor of cake. Oh, so now we're just talking shapes of cake. I don't know <laughs> because it's a Glenn. We need more information. Like a cake pop. That's still this just is, a cake. This is clearly, this episode is clearly called Cake Cast. That's clearly <laughs> what this is. 
I don't know if it should be called cake cast because I feel like cake is also a porn thing. So, yeah, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> a lot sure. of times, DC being uncomfortable is a little bit of an act, but I have no. Don't look it up. <laughs> Urban Dictionary cake. Hold on. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> a girl with a nice tight ass. Damn, she got some cake, bro. Damn, Shamaka got cakes. Okay. <laughs> that actually makes me feel much better than what I thought Damn, it was. Damn, that shoddy got a cake. Stop reading your <laughs> Welcome Damn, to the new segment on DDT Podcast. Doc reads Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Glenn. Uh, oh, we love you. We love you all. Uh, peace, positivity. There, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. So I was all I was all ready uh, to be sad this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday is the last episode, last double feature uh, yes. Yes, of yes. the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. But then yesterday, something happened, which turned my frown upside down. Season two of The Last Drive-In has officially been announced, and so I know that I have more Joe Bob to look forward to in my future. I love Joe Bob Briggs. I'm so glad. I watched two movies last week. The Stuff, an early 80s Larry Cohen film starring Michael Moriarty. It's sort of like a, a take on the blob, except there's like these societal aspects and it doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. And I also watched a movie called Street Trash, which is literally this movie about homeless people drinking this expired booze that turned them into puddles of, of junk. And it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it is a bad movie. And I liked it. <laughs> I'd like to believe that a recent addition to Manson Manor is a bookshelf and you have these little notebooks for every movie you watch and you're just sitting there watching the movie, that little smile on your face, taking copious notes in <laughs> pen. And, you know, you, you just have this compendium of horror movie in, insight that you will eventually share with us on the Horde podcast. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right. um, my piece of positivity, uh, you know, I, I do these random jumps around the network, but I started to watch something regularly. I've gone back to the early Raws, 1993. I've made it through WrestleMania 9. I'm actually almost approaching King of the Ring, and I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. Randy Savage, Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan on commentary. Raven's out there dressed as Johnny Polo. Adam Bomb's there. I know Duke the Dumpster Drossy is eventually going to show up. I, you know, I'm, I'm back into 93. I'm feeling like I'm 9 or 10 years old again watching. I don't know if I've ever actually watched King of the Ring 93. How do you feel so, about uh, Randy Savage on commentary? I don't mind him in this sense because, you know, he and Bobby Heenan go back and forth and Vince McMahon's just trying to keep the train on the track. So I don't mind it. But, you know, he can be a little much as the macho man tended to do. So it's enjoyable. It's much better than when it was Rob Bartlett. Yeah, I will say I in, as weeks. a child, I definitely enjoyed 
uh, him. Although I, I understand that he does get some flack these days, but I, no. I, I always enjoyed it back in the day. Nope. I'm a fan. I'm into it. I'll probably, depending on time, if I don't watch it, if I don't get to King of the Ring tonight, I will definitely watch it this weekend and and just be very happy. So that is my piece of positivity. Again, if you're if you're not into the WWE product currently, nobody blames you. You still could be watching plenty of stuff that you could enjoy on there or watch Double or Nothing. Lance Storm just tweeted it out. It's now, you know, this is a good thing because it's a communal event. Get a couple of friends. Everyone shells 10 or 15 bucks and you can watch it all together. I'd rather shell out two or three dollars and watch it all together. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing. This whole thing is very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the title. It'll be interesting to see how this works, how the TV works. Brandy Rhodes thinks that if you don't watch, if you watch Double or Nothing and come away disappointed, you're not a real wrestling fan. And if anyone knows anything about that, it's Brandy Rhodes. Uh, GQ, no word of the week for you, because I didn't hear from you about the word of the week last week. Which was? Uh, Mukros, whatever the brand of my hat was. Oh, right. Like M-U-C-R-O-S, Mukros, I believe. Mukros. Yeah, haven't heard, haven't heard from GQ. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can do so by sending a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to all of our back episodes, you can do so by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support towards DC and Doc and keeping the lights on and the podcast chain a chugging. Choo choo. DDT draft season. It's almost here, Doc. Oh, right, was that a thing that we are going to have to do again? I'm going to do it. You don't have to. You're going to force me? No. You've done it. You've, you've, you've been a good trooper so if you don't want to do it you're off and you're off you've got your own project going i'm like all right what are my projects going to be besides watching old wrestling i might that's a good project i'm enjoying it he is doc manson at doc manson i am dc matthews at the dc matthews and until we meet again my friends have just a fan flippity tastic weekend won't you be our bestie cha 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 cha